You're listening to the Over 50 Entrepreneur, the podcast that's dedicated to the business builders who are only getting started when most are winding down. This is the place to discover how to create more freedom from your business while growing the value of your business. Now here's your host, Rick Hadrava. Hey guys, this is Rick Hadrava and you, yes, you are listening to another edition of the Over 50 Entrepreneur. You know, I'm often asked about the over 50 entrepreneur and what exactly does that mean? And, you know, it's great. I have the flexibility to make it the guest that I'm talking with on that given day, or because I have now well exceeded the over 50 age, I get to usually be that over 50 entrepreneur. You know, (laughs) I want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, I continue to get some emails and, and feedback from you guys, you know, all over the country. Uh, even got Paul from Australia to to send me an email the other day and means a lot to me. So be sure to continue to send your questions and your comments to rick at epicsbiz.com and, uh, and, and let us know how, what you think. We want to hear from you. You know, today's guests are three brothers that I've gotten to know. And I got to tell you, they're just great people, high energy and they have a business called the Davis Collective. And I think it's a really, as, as I thought about the show today, I, th- I think it's really a representative uh, description of their entrepreneurial spirit. And these guys, you know, they do everything from fashion to real estate, their marketing, their leadership gentlemen, they're real problem solvers at the end of the day. And, and they have a love of music and faith. And I'm sure I'm just touching the tip of that iceberg as I bring that up. And so I've got in the studios with us today or via a Zoom call, as we do these days, uh, Jeremy Davis, Jamark Davis, and Joel Davis. So I I think you're going to enjoy the show. So without further ado, let's bring to the Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast, my friends, the Davis Collective. Welcome, gentlemen. Hey, here. Got the great. Pretty good intro, right? So, yeah. so uh, and I'm sure there's a lot left on the table there. Why don't we like like we always like to do? Let's just start with your story. You know, three brothers. You've got the Davis Collective. We'll get into what that means and and what you're doing with your work. But how did you get here from your different perspectives? Well, we we most of us were born in Detroit. Michigan. So that, that gives you, I like to start there because it gives you context for where we came from, right? We came from Motown. We came from soul music. We came from church and uh, we grew up in that and we grew, it, our parents took us to Oklahoma. So that gives you another context. So now you're getting into country music and like you just referred to Rick. So that's all part of our roots, right? Church, soul, faith, uh, and as we've grown up, we grew up doing a lot in the ministry uh, that our lives pivoted. And then we had opportunities to step into business and entrepreneurship. And uh, we've had all, all three of us in different areas and uh, um, seasons of our lives have had great successes in entrepreneurship. And uh, we've got families now. We've got kids. We've got beautiful wives, the most beautiful wives. Hopefully they're listening. The most beautiful wives. My goodness. <laughs> and so uh, we decided that as we've been 
going and growing and helping so many people out there individually. Now we've seen great successes uh, from the people that we have served. We kind of decided, you know what, this is a good time and a good season to combine our powers. Wonder twin powers activate an 80s reference. And, and, and bring the value of our collective talents to, to serve people and to work with people to bring about great things. So I know, I know there's, there's a background in fashion, Jamar. I know yep. that there's real estate, there's marketing, there's web design. So all these things kind of are coming together with the Davis Collective. Yeah. But, but you're focused on results for somebody else. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. For, for me, my personal journey was in music. Uh, I was a dancer. I was a recording artist. Uh, then pivot, life pivot happened for me about 26, got into internet marketing, uh, sales, people development, running sales rooms, building businesses from an idea to a $3 million, $3 million revenue in 12 months, then up to eight, $9 million a year business, 60 employees, reverse mergers and all that sort of stuff. Uh, then life pivot, we came to Texas and my wife and I started a business from a dream. Uh, and the idea was, Hey, I think we could make this sum of money in this amount of time. And so from that idea, we launched London J apparel year one, 86,000 year two, 465 year three, uh, we were supposed to break a million, but COVID happened. And so, you know, it, so we're in men's fashion. It's a brand uh, and it's doing very well. And we're very, we're very, very honored to be stewarding it. Yeah, that's great. Well, Jeremy, I, I want to put you on the hot seat a little, my friend, because um, we've had several conversations and you told a story about football and Oklahoma and growing up here. And I, I want to capture that because I think a lot of what we talk about as entrepreneurs with the freedom formula or just work in general is mindset. That's right. And I think your story exemplifies that. And again, I'm putting you on the hot seat. I apologize. I know, but I, I think you'll do a good job. Share with our audience that story that, that if you recall that you shared with me um, a few months back. Yeah, I think um, first and foremost, Rick, thank you for having us. Uh, this is an incredible opportunity uh, to serve you and serve people. And I just want you to know, I noticed your beard. It looks incredible. Uh, that's a new look for Rick. But anyways, um, years ago, uh, you know, I was a division one football player for a small, big, little university, <laughs> all the adjectives, University of Tulsa in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, and then some of the things that were instilled in me as, as not only an athlete, but a division one athlete having to compete at one of the highest levels in collegiate uh, sports. Um, I had an opportunity to start off from high school being a, a huge winner to getting into college in my first three years being extremely challenging. Um, not only being an athlete, but being a student athlete, those of us that have gone to college, you know, that's difficult on its own, let alone with also being in, active in sports. And so I just remember a time in a season um, really learning humility and trusting the process. Those are things that you hear, you know, you read in books, but you really don't know anything until you experience what it takes to overcome adversity. 
And the things that uh, that were imparted in me as a Division One athlete, they transferred into um, life after sports. And so attitude, because um, that's the only thing that you control, and your effort um, are words that are written on my heart. Uh, my poor children, they have to hear it all the time. My wife, she rolls her eyes every time she hears it because people are always saying, Jeremy, how can you be so positive about everything? Why are you so intense about everything? And then my question to them is, is like, do we have a choice? Because the reality of it is, is life will wash over you. Um, fear, insecurity, doubt. Um, there's actual people out there that don't want to see you succeed. And I remember, you know, when you're in, when you're competing in athletics, there is somebody showing up to your stadium or you show up to theirs and they want to destroy you. And so they're not for you. They're not looking out for what's best for you. And I'm not saying that it's like that uh, in life with everyone, but the reality of it is, is that that mentality that, you know what, no matter what's the circumstance, whether you're starting at the bottom rung of a corporation and, or if you've descended all the way to the top, the only thing that you can control is the effort that you bring on a day-to-day basis and then your attitude in which you go about doing it. And so I think that's what you're referencing because that's one of the things you talk about. We have a lot of energy. Um, that's actually one of my products. You know, you, you know, you drop me in a room anywhere, they're going to be like, man, that guy's got a lot of energy. Because the reality <laughs> of it is, is what's the, what's the option? What's the other option? Be sleepy and tired and boring and uh, uh, ineffective and not memorable and not really bring value. I really believe every single person, no matter what history they have or what skill set they have, those there are two things that I really believe you can control. So, and, and, and that's fantastic. You're right. And Jamark's giving you a high five virtual here, but um, it's, it's fascinating to me because people get hung up a lot of times on perfectionism. And, you know, one of the things we know is you can have the best operating system, you can have the best marketing plan, but if you can't get yourself to execute because you're worried about doing it just a specific way, perfection, if you will, you know, and then you get into accountability, which is the other thing. But I, I want to go back a little deeper because one of the things, your dad was an important part in, in your life, right? I, I think he's still with us. Yes. Yes. Sir. So yeah. you told the story. And because I'm an Oklahoma State alum, I want to wrap that in there. I got to do shameless plugs for my alma mater. But um, your your dad was around the OSU program, and yes. you were as and and Jamar and Joel. I'm not sure. If, I'm sure you were around there as well. But um, you told the story about being in this little guy, right? Yeah. And and going tell 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 a little bit about that part of the story too. You know, what's crazy is uh, all of my, like my brother referenced, were ministry, were pastors, were leaders. Um, and so, but they're all about 5'11 and below. <laughs> and my dad on a good day is 5'9. Um, big heart, six foot seven, big as LeBron James with his heart and his passion for life, but he's not a, he's not a big guy. And uh, he was actually doing athletic, he was doing chapel service for, um, OSU actually when they were there it was a season where they were actually on the way up and they were doing really well um, and he would take me to do chapel services with them and this is when I was in like um, sixth or seventh grade so I was a little guy um, and uh, I remember going into the locker room and he would take me through we would do the chapel and we would walk out and one time the players had left to go to the field for stretch and I'm just sitting in the locker room and I'm looking around 
at this beautiful university. Rick knows it's a beautiful locker room, boom picking, boom picking stadium, all that, all the greatness. And I'm just sitting there quietly. My my dad was like, "Do you want to play football in college?" And I said, "Yeah, Dad, I'd love to play football in college, but we're all too short." And I just <laughs> called it like it was. And then he said, "Well, if that's the desires of your heart, and you know, we know our work ethic." Let's pray right now that you'll get big enough uh, to go play Division One football. And I remember we prayed that day in the locker room. I was a little guy that I would get an opportunity to play. And lo and behold, I'm the only one that's over six foot. I'm actually six foot two. Um, and I uh, had the opportunity to get a full ride scholarship to play. Um, but just that testament to that belief and that attitude, I mean, it started, that was, that started early for me and then getting the opportunity, like I said, to play, it's still crazy that that started in Polk Nation. So in Polk Nation, that's right. Go Pokes. Well, I love that story and, and I appreciate you spending the time to tell it because that's kind of like business, right? Is we can doubt ourselves and you hit on this a lot. We can, we can doubt ourselves, but yet some of the best innovation, comes from our small business, our entrepreneurs who are willing to to go through all those areas of doubt and and just see, you know, I always say if if you're solving a problem big enough, right, you're going to find success. And it may not look like the way you set out as, you know, and, and um, a lot of entrepreneurs come from families that weren't entrepreneurial. And right. I think that that's an important thing. So kind of that's that's my six foot two to five foot nine kind of example. Uh, so I appreciate you sharing it. Joel, um, I'm, I'm going to let you chime in here because I want to get into the Davis collection. And and I know you guys had talked about this, but um, give us a little bit of, of background on the Davis collection, if you will, and kind of your view. And then you guys, let, let's get into to what you're doing now as brothers in business together. Absolutely. Yeah, we, uh, you know, the Davis Collective is something that came from uh, something that was happening so organically. We just saw ourselves supporting each other, supporting each other's visions in a way. And then we looked around at all the things that we've been a part of and recognized that our contributions have been very similar. Uh, and a lot of it is rooted in the, the things that have made us, uh, the experiences that we've had, whether it's been in education or it's been in ministry or in art and entertainment. Uh, we've just seen this contribution be kind of the common denominator, the way that we're able to move things forward in our own business endeavors, our own projects, and in other people's projects. We just thought, well, we need to join our forces and, and see this go to work uh, in the marketplace because one of the things that we've uh, really been able to develop as ministers is the ability to listen to people, the ability to hear, and really not just that, because we develop people so many times, we're, we're listening for gold. And so we're always kind of mining for gold in people's lives as they're telling their stories. And we're like, you're doing, Rick, you're listening out for, you're listening for stories. And you're wanting to share stories because stories move people. They move people into action. And that's been a big part of how we've been able to inspire and develop and really just capturing stories, capturing uh, what is it that makes you tick, and then being able to articulate that in a way that uh, is strong for a brand or strong for an objective or an initiative. We've been able to see those things go to work. And with that uh, strength that's been developed in all of these seemingly random environments, uh, 
they've all come together to, to accomplish something really powerful and unique. And so uh, as we've stepped into this space of creating uh, uh, kind of consultation experiences for people and helping people to mine their own stories and really establish what it is about their brand that sets them apart uh, and what it is about them in, in particular that sets them apart, uh, we've just found a lot of strength in that. One of the things that I've been able to, to hone uh, is storytelling that moves people because I've come up in a church environment. I, professionally, I've worked in church organizations and so much of how people are moved into action or even just inspired has been through stories that are told. And a lot of times these days, it's through video. And so uh, we've really put that to use uh, in creating content for the, the brands that we've been a part of. We, uh, we, we look at what are the messages, what's the language, what's the strongest part of the brand, and how can we visually present that in media and in content? What's the strongest way we can use creativity uh, and, and use language, and whether it's music, whether it's visual elements, how can we tell stories? And so uh, we've been able to, to really, I would say we've, we've mastered it. <laughs> and uh, it's been of great use to us and it's been a great use to other people. And so like if, if people are looking through the Davis Collective website, they're able to see some of how we've been able to put that into action for a variety of different projects and initiatives uh, because we just believe that everybody's got a unique story to tell. Everybody's got something, even people, so many times, even as we're talking as brothers, we've known each other our whole lives. And uh, there are things that we're able to recognize in each other that says, hey, that, that was gold. Right. And so being able to do that for other people uh, has been something that we've really not just seen as a as a great business opportunity, but it's a passion of ours. Uh, we love seeing that come alive in people, listening to people talk and then hearing people say, you know what? I am good at that. <laughs> and, and seeing those things come out of people, uh, that thing inside of us, that pastoral thing, uh, it comes alive in us. And so being able to put that to work. For, for people's businesses and their brands has been a, a huge honor for us. Well, it, it it reminds me of the hero's journey, right? Kind of telling that story. Um, but, but I'm also thinking about the concept of courage and competence and building confidence in what you're doing. Let's go a little deeper, though, for our audience, if we can. Like, is there an example that you can take us through you know, where, where you've maybe taken a business owner through this process and, and what that looks on the front end and, and, and what you're, what you're trying to, you know, what you're getting at the end of the day, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, I, I think that a good place for me to start, I'll give you two real quick. Number one was in my own home. When I can remember so vividly, I was a hospice chaplain I was sitting there washing dishes. See, I do the, I, I clean the kitchen, okay? And so I'm cleaning the kitchen and my wife, we're living in a 1,093 feet square foot house, right? And so she's sitting across the way in the living room and she said, she's doing the math on, you know, cause we had started, she had started selling these baby moccasins and then she moved into these little baby suspenders. And she said, I think we could sell this many and we could make $50,000, right? From, from like Joel just said, I listened to her. I heard her. I heard her passion. I heard her, her dream come alive. And from that initial idea, 
we've been able to, or, or initial dream, we've been able to build a million dollar business, right? In a, in a short period of time. Now, mind you, <clears throat> the experience from our past in internet marketing and business development, all those things came to bear around this one dream. And we were able to take that and multiply it very quickly. That doesn't happen for everybody. Uh, you know, the market doesn't work that way for everybody. But that was one of the one of the prime examples of hearing a dream and then taking what we have and applying it to that dream, going through the discovery process, going through the brand development, all, all those factors play in. But then seeing it explode in the marketplace has been phenomenal. Another example, we've been uh, I have, at, just in some of the circles here in Fort Worth, um, I had a, a, a guy in who was the director of the Tarrant County Republican Party. It's not political, so don't go political on me, everybody. But uh, came up to me at an event, and, you know, we went and had coffee. He, he knew me from my recording artist days. He recognized me from that, which was years ago. It was another lifetime. Anyway, he came up to me. We went to coffee, and we got to talking. I heard in him a dream. And, and his idea was to try to engage a group of people or segment of people that he didn't feel like they were reaching. And so from that conversation, I was able to listen to him, hear his heart, and then just connect the dots. Me and Joel got together and we put together a plan and a proposal. We helped them develop a brand uh, for the initiative, rolled it out into a website, rolled it out into a, an incredible video shoot that Joel produced and directed. And uh, brought all this this cultural diversity into one place. It was magical to see the dream come alive, and then to see uh, uh, the website come alive and all the different elements come together from one conversation at a coffee shop where I just heard a dream in somebody. And Joel and I came together. Jeremy came in uh, in certain elements of this was one of those opportunities where we saw you know what. I think we've got something together that could bring great value to people. And so that's one of the, those are a couple examples of how we've been able to uh, uh, start out on our journey. Very good. So, so if you had to describe this from the freedom formula format that we use, right? What is the problem that you solve? Would somebody else want to grab that for me? My, my lawn guys here. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, okay. the question again the question was um from a perspective of you know what you guys do to, to hone in on it a little differently from the perspective of the freedom formula the question that we always ask is what is the problem that we solve absolutely sometimes people need help getting their ideas their vision uh and putting them into action they just need, they need help, they need collaboration, or they need perspective, they need the right kinds of partners. And so we fill that space. We solve that problem for people because we have a lot of experience in executing and bringing things from that dream vision phase into action and actually taking those steps. Because so many times that's the, the biggest gap between dream and action is just all of the, the development things, all the, the, the steps that need to be taken, knowing the right decisions to make, knowing where the pitfalls are. <laughs> we've had enough success, but we've also made enough mistakes <laughs> to know where 
some of those pitfalls are and how we can help people to avoid those, whether it's in telling their story or how they're relating to their teams and, and how we're, how they're rolling out their project. Uh, we can help with that. And so uh, a lot of times people just need that kind of partnership uh, just so that otherwise you can just sit on an idea. Just, uh, you know, going back to what my brother was saying, if, if uh, his wife had just had that idea and just sat on the idea, never put it into action. Uh, and just have been overwhelmed by the the steps and the decisions that needed to be made, then the the dream doesn't become reality. And so it helps to have people that know how to prioritize the action steps and say, say, start here, and then from there we build. And so being able to partner with people and assist them with that process, that's the biggest problem that we're able to solve, that we recognize with the, the place where we've been able to execute vision uh, that's that's where we've been able to step into that space and make a difference. Excellent. It it reminds me. I, I was having coffee a couple of weeks ago um, with a gentleman, and we were talking. He was showing me around his community, and we were walking down the street, and we got on the conversation of knowledge and wisdom. And I think he referenced uh, Malcolm Burko, who, who I don't think's with us any longer, but was a columnist financial columnist, I, I believe, but he said, uh, Malcolm told the story of the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad. And, uh, you know, I, that that's the reality is sometimes we can have this wonderful idea. Um, we know that, that people will probably want it, but we don't know how to get it out. We don't know how to get that vision started and executed. And you guys bring a world of expertise to the table. Um, and, and I think the strength to know how to listen and, and pull that out of somebody is incredible. But let, let's go back through this. We always talk about how glamorous entrepreneurial life is and, you know, owning a business, being successful, getting your startup to seven figures, right? I mean, the reality is the majority of small businesses never do that. And so you've had that success. I'm curious if there's a story that you can share where we, we like to call it around here, the face plant moment, because all the glamorous stuff's on Facebook, right? Like you always, you always got your pretty picture out there with, with your beautiful family and all the money. Nobody sees you on the couch. You know, you ate too much. You're, you're, you're tired and you're, you need a shower, right? So this is kind of that face plant moment in business that we like to share who, who wants to step up and maybe share one of those moments with our audience? I can. I'm, my, my name is Jamar Davis, and I'm <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> I just want to be transparent. Come clean. Back in, uh, I made a reference to this business a moment ago. I, I, I made a reference to a, a business uh, that was in a medical weight loss industry. Started the business in two weeks, set it up. Well, there was a group of us, a group of six uh friends basically and two weeks set the business up started selling built out a sales team grew three million dollars in revenue year one and it grew fast i learned so much now remember i'm coming from the ministry background entertainment recording artist that whole thing now switch over here to the medical weight loss business having that kind of a dramatic success very, very quickly. You learn a lot and there's a lot of great experience, a lot of great stories in that. But I tell you what, the 
the market changed at the peak and it began to go down. We lost everything, houses, cars. I can honestly say that in my working with people, I learned more in trying to keep the business together as it was falling apart underneath us as I did on the ascent up, right? Um, we crashed hard uh, and it fell apart piece by piece. But I'm telling you, the lessons that were learned in the process are invaluable. Like Joel made a reference to a moment ago, uh, learning how, how to manage loss how to recover from loss. One of the things I learned in that process was that you really do have to feed to succeed. That's one of the philosophies. You really do have to feed to succeed uh, when you're going up and when you're coming down. When you're coming down and you're going into the face plant moment of losing it all, um, you have to continue to feed yourself, not just positivity, but information that will push you forward. You have to be mindful of the people that you surround yourself with uh, as you're going through the process, whether you're going up or coming down. The people who surround you help you as you're going through a faceplant moment. Because what I learned is a faceplant moment doesn't, it, it's not its not just this and it lasts for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and that faceplant moment, it, 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 the palm can leave an impression on your forehead if you're not careful. Right. And so the people that you have around you are extraordinarily important. I, I'll, give the, I'll give you this story quickly. I started um, Orange Theory, which is a workout program. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was, you know, I was feeling sick and I, I, I finally started feeling better. So I got back in the gym. So I go in there and I'm going through the motions. I'm thinking, OK, I'm just going to try to get through this. I'm just going to get through this first segment of the workout. Right. So I'm running there and, and then I start to notice there's a woman next to me. She just, she's hustling, huffing, right? And she's beating me in this little exercise, right? And I look over and it's a pregnant white lady. A little bitty pregnant white lady. She's getting it. And I started, I recognized that my heart was speeding up and I'm going faster because of who was next to me, right? And lo and behold, there's this little pregnant lady going hard. She inspired me to push and, and, and go for more. And so, again, when you're in, in the face plant moment, the people you have around you are so valuable. I know it's great to have your friends and your family around, but if the people around you uh, it, going through the face plant moment are not pushing you forward, it's my encouragement that you find the right people and consider those around you and make sure you have the right people around you. I, you need, I love Rick. I you love need Rick around. That's what you need. You need Rick. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sweating. Well, I get excited. It, it, it is absolutely one of the missions of our organization is to connect people with other like-minded people to bring our knowledge expertise, right? Because I, I often say in the work we do, I, I'm not, here to be anything more than a facilitator sometimes. And that could be coach, that can be just somebody, you know, reaching out. It, it, it's funny because we were talking before the show about this level of fatigue, this burnout that's going on. And um, 
it's inspired me to remember something that I learned from Jordan Harbinger. We'll kind of switch gears here a little bit. Um, Jordan has this wonderful six minute networking training that he put out for free. And it really is something in the back of your mind. Like this morning, I sent out a text message to a friend of mine that's getting married, right? I, I probably should have called, but it was a little early for that. Um, but, but taking the time to keep your connections up. Um, and, and that's one thing Jordan talks about. And if you've listened to the past episode, you know, we had Jordan on the show and he said, you know, basically that's part of, of drilling the well when you don't need the water. Right. And you got to keep those relationships up because we're all going to hit burnout. We're all going to face plant. And if, if you're not careful about who you're hanging out with and who your connections are, you're going to, you're going to open the door to the wrong kind of people. Um, and, and so I think that's great advice. Guys, unfortunately, we're coming to the end of our time. Um, I think we could do this a lot longer. Um, and, and so that lets me know that we're going to do this again sometime in the future and, and see how things are going. If you just go around the, around the horn, that's my ESPN reference for the day. If, if you had any last piece of advice or last thought that you'd want to leave with our listeners today, uh, what would that be? Everybody should want to be, should be a wannabe. Want to be more than you are. And that goes, I say this all the time, but that goes for an individual. That goes for an organization, nonprofit. That goes for a business. Everybody should be a wannabe. No matter where you are in your life right now, if you're wildly successful, there is a next level for you, right? Want to be more than you are, not only for yourself, but what it provides for others. So that's what I would give to the communities. You should want to be a wannabe. Excellent. Thanks, Jamar. Joel, Jeremy. I would just encourage folks to, to, like my brother said, just to, to get the right people in the room. Get the right people in the room for uh, your vision and for the phase that you're in, whether you're in that phase of, of dreaming, as we say, when you, you've got to get your early adopters in the room and the people that can dream with you and help you set big goals that aren't going to limit you. Uh, get the right people in the room when it's time to really develop your plan and develop, make your, when get some strategists around you get people that know some things about the direction that you're going that can really speak in uh with wisdom and with a lot of knowledge on those things get those right people around you and then when it's time to execute what you're doing uh get the best people that you can the best ones that you can afford uh but it really is important to to not live on an island uh and to not just try to barrel through everything by yourself and your own strength with your own experience Get some people, network if you if you need to, contract or if you need to, whatever it takes, but get the right people in the room with you as you're going through each phase of your, your growth process. Excellent. Excellent. Yes, my man. Yes. Uh, in addition, let let I, w- I want to wrap it up with your advice. And then how do people learn more about you guys, the Davis Collective, and the work that you're doing? So I'll say I'll, I'll, I'll wrap my piece up and then I'll have Joel um, close that part. But I'm going to end with what we talked about at the front. Uh, my big mantra is I would encourage every single person that hears my voice, hears our voice right now to never stop hoping. Um, 
we live in a challenging time. Um, there's a lot of division. There's some fear. There's some anxiety. But I want to tell anybody that can hear my voice that I really believe that in every single person, I'm a, I'm a hopeful optimistic, that I really believe that if you surround yourself with the right people, um, if you have the right attitude and heart about most things, um, and you stay positive and you have energy and you work, do whatever you can to maintain your energy, I really believe that every single person has an impact to make, not only in their family, in their world, but uh, in people around them. And I just want to encourage everybody, like, you know, there's products to sell, there's pro there's things to build, but, um, you know, my biggest prayer for every single person that's listening, and you're listening to this for a reason, is that you hold on to hope and that you stay awake and energetic and continue to challenge yourself. And, uh, you know, we're never going to forget this year, but I hope most um, importantly that this is a set up for a lot of people and not a setback. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you so much. All right, Joel, why don't you bring us home? How do we, how do we learn more about you? How, how, do, how yeah. do we get in contact with you guys? Well, you can check out our website, daviscollective.com. You can see the result of what happens when we dream and develop and deploy together and, and, and for you. Uh, and you can also contact us at info at daviscollective.com. Very good. Well, guys, um, you can check out the show notes and the links that, that we've we've thrown out here for you by going to my website, epicsbiz.com forward slash podcast. That's epicsbiz.com forward slash podcast. You can go to epicsbiz.com for resources, including the Freedom Formula. We've got a lot of good stuff out there for you. And like I said at the beginning of the show, you know, we, we love your feedback. We want to hear from you. Questions, comments. Um, give me an email at rick at epicsbiz.com. I think that's actually send me an email at rick at epicsbiz.com. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for listening. And um, until next time, remember, we're only getting started. The Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast is sponsored by Epic Business Advisory, where we help entrepreneurs escape the owner's trap, build businesses that can succeed without you, allowing you the opportunity to realize more freedom, think bigger, and pursue next-level goals. Download our freedom formula at epicsbiz.com formula. And remember, we're only getting started.